Welcome to the podcast, Use Your Powers for Good. I'm your host, Carolyn Oprah-Mozell, and I am so glad that you're here. This is a podcast to inspire leaders, managers, and supervisors to use your powers for good to put more kindness into the world. Today's guest is Drew Neiser. Drew is CEO and founder of Renegade, an award-winning strategic boutique, boutique firm for B2B innovators and chief marketing officers. He's also the founder of CMO, CMO Huddles, a fast-growing community for CMOs. Drew is the author of the CM, CMO Periodic Table, a Renegade's Guide to Marketing, and Renegade Marketing, 12 Steps to Building Unbeatable B2B Brands. Drew is passionate about the role marketing can play to make our lives better. We all need marketing in our lives, Drew. I think that's, um, uh, yes. <laughs> well, we need Drew. better. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we need better. And thank you for doing this show. It's such, I love the tone and the purpose of it. It's great. And I don't know if your listeners realize how hard it is to produce a podcast and how much time it takes. So they should just thank you. And I'm going to do that for them. Uh, anyway, so uh, thank you. It's great. Yes, thank you. You're, thank you for those kind words. So tell us about um, Renegade and CMO, CMO Huddles, you know, how you got started, why you got started, and just tell us who you help, who you, who, you know, just tell us about it. Oh my God. Well, I, I don't think we have like a, a long time here. So let me, uh, let me uh, fast forward a little bit. Uh, Cause I think it'd be fun. So I've been interviewing chief marketing officers for pretty much the last 10 years. And that started because back in 2008, I wanted to, I wanted to write every week and I wanted to learn every week. And the only way I could do that was to start interviewing chief marketing officers. Well, you know, fast forward 10 years later, I've interviewed over 500 and that's how I got to those two books. But it's my curiosity about CMOs and that the fact that I thought they could be a force for good that started this thing called CMO Huddles back in April of 2020. And that has been, you, you just, I want to put my goodness hat on for a moment and, and your listeners too. I didn't start that thinking there would be a business there. I thought that there were a lot of CMOs that were going to be feeling a lot of pain in the beginning of the pandemic. And I knew them and I knew there wasn't any way for them to connect with their peers. Uh, and so we just started talking. I set up these huddles on a weekly basis and we met 55 times between April 1st and October 1st. And wow. during that period of time, it became very clear there was a business idea here. And but but it really just started because I didn't know how our business would go, but I knew that if I did something good out there and maybe I helped some people uh, and I have some unique skills in that I've been interviewing CMOs. And so when I get a group of CMOs together, I can wrangle them. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and that's a skill. That's what right? I was gonna say. I was in politics for a while. And so I know how to wrangle people as well in that, in that um, instance, but I understand completely. Yeah, and, and so being able to do that and build a unique program for them. And so it's funny that in the year and a half since we turned Huddles into a business, Renegade still is in operation, but we really are in service of CMO Huddles. And you don't expect that to happen, particularly at, at my young age, uh, to be starting a, a, a pretty brand new business with a completely different model. 
with wow. a very sincere purpose, which I'm happy to share with you. Well, definitely. Um, before you go on, tell people who don't know what CMOs are and their roles in, in businesses. Thank you for asking that. Yes, uh, chief marketing officers, and it is a just you talk about a hot seat if you if you took a, an iron and turned it up to its highest point and then you took three or four of them and you put them on a chair the person sitting on all those irons would be the chief marketing officer it is an impossible role because you've got a ceo with unrealistic expectations you've got boards with unrealistic expectations and you have this sense that Everybody thinks they're a marketer, so everybody thinks they can do your job. And so it's just a very complicated job. It has a high turnover rate. Uh, there's a mismatch between what a CMO can do, what a CEO expects them to do. So um, some of what we do in CMO Huddles is therapy. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> people just is, need to, to, to come together with their peers who understand them. They do, and, and it's true, and, and there is a great deal because it's a high-pressure job, and it's become even more high-pressure during the pandemic. Uh, well, I know a number of them who started the, the job uh, in, say, April 2020, they never met their team, and, and they went a year without having met their team, uh, and, that, and they met, had hired without meeting your team. It's all, it's been very complicated and difficult. But I still, there's a there's an interesting thing, and this is where, so marketing can be a force of good. I believe that, and I've seen it, and as a practitioner, I've helped that. It doesn't have to be pollution. It can actually drive purpose. Uh, it, it can really transform organizations. It can make them more inclusive. And it, you know, if you think about marketing as an expression of values, then it's not, you don't feel like, oh my God, this is that hard hitting sales stuff that, you know, they're trying to get me to buy some, um, right. you know, uh, wonderful knife, uh, Ginsu knife. That was the one I was thinking of. So part of CMO huddles is helping CMOs get to the point where they can drive purpose in their organizations. And when they do that, they have a chance to change the world and make the world a little bit better. I love that. I love what you said about it being um, an expression of values. I never really thought of it that way, but I can see that distinction between actually sales, you know, trying to sell me something, and marketing, trying to help me to connect with the value that you're bringing to me as the consumer. So that, I love that distinction. Yeah, and I think it's it's actually a little, I love where you went with it, which is not what I was thinking, actually. It's, it's yes, marketers have to be able to show business value in terms of what what is in there. It's like if I hold up my book and I say, what, what value will you get out of reading it? Yes, I have to do that. But I think it's deeper than that. It's an expression of what the company stands for. And for example, if you um, believe, have certain beliefs and values in the organization, you will make decisions accordingly. You won't run on certain networks. You wouldn't support certain causes. You will support certain causes. You will uh, embrace uh, you know, important trends. You'll try to be greener, for example, if that's a value. And that can show up in your advertising choices and your marketing choices. So I see the message that you share, if it's informed by purpose, it's a very different 
kind of thing than it's simply here are the features of our product or service and you know go buy it because it's going to make you rich you know it, it doesn't um and then within that uh there's this thing in, in in my book i talk about this this idea that marketing can actually be a service it could be something of value and and a simple example of that years ago uh, we did a program for HSBC and they wanted to, New Yorkers to feel like it was a, a local service. Well, we created um, something called the Bank Cab and it was free to HSBC customers and it drove around New York and it was a checker cab. It was a really cool thing, but it, ultimately it was a service that right. was marketing. And it's a mindset and you can do that in B2B or B2C. A lot of content is that way. But if you start to think about your customers as how can I help them in any way possible, it may or may not have to do with your product or service. It helps if it does. But if you start there, you end up with a very different kind of marketing. And that's what I mean by it can be values driven, because if you're yeah. not an organization that has values and say, hey, we want to help people, then you're not going to create marketing that helps people. That is true. That is true. Okay, so I now I see where you were going, and I see what I heard in the difference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the communication is always that tricky thing. You know, you, you, people say stuff, and the other people hear differently, and that's it's, part of the work that I do as well um, yeah. in terms of communication, helping people to hear what you really said. So. And it's it's funny you should say that. And I tell this to my guests, and and I'm sure you do the same. Is part of your job as a podcaster is to help people sort of pause the speaker and say, "Hmm, what they just say." And and so I I really appreciate that insight. And I don't again. I'm sort of I I'm, I'm we're getting into sausage making here. Right. But but I think it's it's right. You do this is what you do. You help the listener find the insight. Yes. yes. And clarify. That's what we're here for. That's it. So tell me, um, so when did you start? So you did you start in the, during the pandemic? During the pandemic? Well, Renegade has been around a long, long time and has had CMO Huddles. Okay. Uh, yeah, CMO Huddles, we started during the pandemic. Renegade has been around since, gosh, 1993. Uh, we were part of a big company, and then I bought that big company out in 2008 and almost went bankrupt, and all sorts of crazy things happened because one of our founder, one of our funders, uh, one of our clients, uh, lost a bunch of money in uh, the Madoff scandal. We didn't get paid, and it was terrible. And so yeah, we've yeah. been up and down. It, it's been, a, a, you know, survival sometimes is a victory. Yes, yes, I agree. Uh, so, see, like you said, CMO Huddles has like been like the the, the, the core um, service that you have been providing to for, for the CMO community. And so, tell tell people who are CMOs or who have CMOs in their companies that may want to have um, them connected to this community. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, right now we're only supporting business to business uh, okay. CMOs and CMOHuddles.com is there. Uh, we uh, it's we have a size where you have to you have to be the head of marketing and you have to be at a company at least thirty five uh, people or more. And it's only because 
that's we're we're creating cohorts, and so we want to make sure that uh, and so forth. Uh, and it's got all sorts of value. You you meet monthly. We've got uh, PR opportunities, recaps, a Slack channel. We arrange one on ones. There's a lot of services, and everything sort of. You, this is this is so funny because I'm going to go back to our values and what we believe for for huddles. It's like everything goes through the lens of is it good for the CMO? And so, and I, I do that and I write about that a little bit in, in the book. And if say, if you're a purpose-driven organization, you are probably asking a question like that almost every day. Is this good for our customers? Yeah. And so we think about things like that. And so, for example, we haven't done physical events yet because most of the time, the way physical events are done, you have sponsors. and. And what that means is you're selling the CMOs to the sponsor, basically, right? Yeah. And, I, and so right now I haven't figured out a way, we will, to figure out a way that this is going to be good for right. the CMOs, right? right? And so you make choices like that because you have this North Star, which is, is it good for the CMOs? And then within huddles, we have a promise that we, it's almost like a pledge, which is we bring together um, an elite group of CMOs to share, care, and dare each other to greatness. Oh, that's awesome. Share, care, dare. Those are the three words, and we repeat those all the time. And, uh, you know, the dare to greatness in, in this world right now um, is more than just being purpose-driven. I mean, marketing is as is notoriously behind from a, a diversity, equity, inclusion uh -huh. thing. And so we, that's part of the dare uh, uh -huh. in built into CMO huddles is how do we make marketing more diverse? Uh -huh. And uh -huh. it's been part of the program. So we've partnered with the Black Marketers Association of America. Uh -huh. We've uh, partnered with Black Girls Code and uh -huh. you know, we're, trying is as in this little way to have an impact uh, uh -huh. and you know and but what's amazing is this little group we touch right now a hundred CMOs and oh, wow. and we're growing you know we'll be 200 uh -huh. by the end of next year so that is ends up having a pretty big ripple effect mm, that's, that's good. I can see and I and I love that you you know cast your net wider to make um to include more diverse conversations in the work that you're doing so um i commend you for doing that you know it's just uh it is so important and you know i've seen it in our own organization and i know the cmos that are in huddles believe it um they just have to work harder mm -hmm. That's it. You just have to, you have to put it and you have to be conscious and you have yeah. to try and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Uh, and and, and do a lot it. of Mar. Yeah. And do it. <laughs> yeah. Now, how many employees do you have? Uh, right now, nine. Okay. And, nice. and I, you know, that we're, we'll grow with huddles, uh, uh -huh. and we'll, we'll add, uh, more, but, uh, part of running a boutique firm is having scarce resources so that you can <laughs> keep your prices up. You just, yeah. we have, right. You, you make sure that you have a, just enough capacity, uh, to take on maybe a new client now and then, but uh, uh -huh. try to keep it, uh, keep it small. I, we've been. Over the course of our time, we were much, much, much bigger. 
um and i love this size it's like mm -hmm. it's it, it literally is just it's it's great you know and the folks that have been on the you know, on the team have been on a long time and so it's okay. it's very gratifying it's always good to have um you know that those long-term um, employees that have the historical knowledge of, of the company and so so what how did you keep them motivated through and as excited as you are um, about the company uh that's uh, well part of that is the adaptive being adaptive there have been a couple of times where we've done some pretty strong pivots uh, where we reinvented ourselves, uh, well, you know, and, and I can go way back 20 years ago where we started almost as a guerrilla marketing agency and then we became a digital agency and then sort of evolved in the moment where we were really, uh, we were foresighted and we were, you know, it was a act, a Hail Mary passed was to go into social media 10 years ago and that saved the company then. Uh, but it, we've, I, I guess this, it, you could say every five years, it's Renegade has been able to adapt to mm -hmm. and, and evolve and, and that keeps people interested. Yeah, I, I can see that um, because I was, I was a city government leader and I went in, it started in 1991, left and then came back in 2001 and I had a five year plan to stay there and 25 years later <laughs> but things and I act so I get how like things kept being interesting and turning and, and so I just lost track of time as I was kind of growing myself so I can understand how you know that is um, really key to keeping people interested and and you know that gives them some growth opportunities as well um, so that that's that's great so tell me i have a question for you what got oh, sure. you into after 25 years in the government what got you into podcasting well podcasting is a subset of my leadership coaching and work um place culture consulting and one of the things that i did when i was preparing to to go into consulting was take a business development course and one of the things that the um, woman who led that course, Kathy Heller, um, asked us to do to just get us like used to being visible and, and communicating outside of our normal boundaries was to start a podcast. And so I was like, OK, so let's see what this does. And like you said, it was a lot of work starting it and it's a lot of um, work maintaining it. But it's one of the things that I did not plan to love to do, but I love to do it. Because I love um, connecting with people now, like all over the country. Yeah. So, you know, I like I get to meet great people like you and I've met some other great CEOs. Um, so I didn't plan to be a podcaster, but here we are, Drew. Yeah, well, you know, that those are sometimes the best things. Uh, yeah. But it, it makes sense. I think it's such a privilege to be able to have a podcast because you get to ask questions and as you say and you just keep learning yeah that's the best part of it and I yes. think that and that learning you know I could probably answer how have I kept the employees fresh part of it is I've kept myself fresh mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and that I think is really part of the key of leadership is if you get stuck yes. and you stop learning, you're you're really in trouble. Yes, that's that's definitely key to, to keeping yourself refreshed. And so you have a podcast? I do, yes. What's the name uh, of your podcast? It's called Renegade Marketers Unite. We're at about 280 episodes. Uh, and uh, it, uh, surprise, surprise, features chief marketing officer. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, really. But I actually, I, I uh, every 10th episode now, I actually interview myself. I literally set up two microphones. It's really silly, but it's uh, it works. And uh, we also now have a live streaming show called Renegade Marketers Live. And so some of the, with three chief marketing officers who are members of CMO Huddles, and those are now being repurposed as podcast too. So my my mix in, in uh, Renegade Marketers uh, Unite is a little bit uh, broader than it was. If you go back in the catalog, you'll see 150 CMO interviews in a row. Ah. Yeah. So, okay. uh, but that's oh. also, you know, I think this is something for you to think about is, is that, yeah. again, you mix it up a little bit. That is true. That is true. Uh, that's a good thank you for that. I forgot I was interviewing you, Drew. Well, you know, come on. It's 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 a it's a two way street. If people don't come to this show to listen to me, they come for you. So let's get you a front and center. But thank you. That's I'm gonna think about that. I'm gonna think about that. Thank you. And so so we talked you mentioned about keeping your leadership, keeping yourself fresh as a, a leader. So what is your leadership approach? What type of leader do you consider yourself? Or what do people tell you that you are? Oh, you know, I've, I've had various tests. I'm sort of this hybrid writer strategist in, uh-huh. in, in terms of, and, and one of the reasons that I like the small company is I'm also a player manager. Uh-huh. I, I am not one who just wants to you know run a business i'd like to do the business too Mm -hmm. and and, you know that was not good when we had 100 employees no (laughs) not at all that is not it's no one wanted to see you come down the hall no that's not good but uh as uh for a company of nine uh it's 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 great uh i do in you know in an ideal world i live by the principle only do the things that only i can do and then try to delegate everything else. And if I find things that I can't delegate to, but I don't need to do myself, then I have a problem and I have to solve that. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I'm a, so I'm a late believer in traction and the entrepreneur's operating system. And we use that for Renegade and we're using it for CMO huddles, which brings some structure to, uh, to, the, to the planning process. Cause that's not, inherently me Uh Uh, you know i in the in that world i'm the sort of visionary type right right, who comes up with the ideas and is out there and but not necessarily the guy who can uh, run the operation as effectively as someone who's more detail oriented so you know i have people working for me who are incredibly detail oriented Uh and are really good at the things i'm not Uh and that's important as a leader to be open and understand like where your blind spots are uh, and what support you need so that you can um, be effective overall. So that, that's that's hard sometimes for people to do, especially when you mentioned the D word, delegating. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and and also, I I I don't have a severe case of ADD, but it's there. And so, you know, look squirrel as a syndrome for a CEO is very bad too. Uh, and <laughs> so anyway, I I. Uh, I have, you know, you all, we all have our demons and we all have the things that we're good at. And, you know, to, in an ideal world, you're spending more time doing the things that you're good at and you're right. having others do the things that you one, know have to get done. That's part of it, right? Is it helps if you can set priorities um, and stick to it. And, and yeah. really sort of, this is where a good plan can go a long way. And by the way, I can circle this all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. If your organization has a purpose and you know what that is, and we share those values and we say, this is where we want to go. This is what we stand for. Then it's really easier for employees to make decisions. That is true. Uh, and you know, you were just reminded me, I, I did that when I was chief of staff in the the city council president's office, we had, you know, all of the things that were priorities um, as a one pager so that as people needed to make decisions about what to get involved with or what to recommend the council president gets involved with, et cetera, you know, it needed to like fall inside of those check, that checklist. If it did not, then that's, you know, it's still always you could, we can have a discussion about it, right? but um, you know, I didn't lock everybody in the box and say, don't tell me anything that's not on this list that doesn't fit. But, uh, but that was very instrumental in just kind of keeping the train on the track and you know, everyone on the train as well, um, <laughs> that, which is important. Oh, um, it is. So, I, I tell the, you, we talk about this in huddles a lot, is how many different ways you need to know how to say no. <laughs> <laughs> and one guy figured out there were seven. He had seven different ways to say no. But and this is the thing: if you have, you know, this what derails leaders and and teams is when you say everything's important and everything has to get done now, and it, you know, it just it drives people crazy. And right now, in the great, uh, in the great resignation or, or whatever you want to call it, really helps to. Um, be thinking about, you know, employee mental health and yeah. having priorities and taking the stuff that doesn't need to get done now off the list. Yeah. Yeah. What are what are the top things that you need to do just to, you know, make sure that your employees stay healthy, your company stays healthy and, you know, and overall everyone can get through these tough times. So that's very important. I agree. I agree. So tell me, what's your best leadership tip? Your number one, or you, you know, I think number one is is what I've already said, which is only do the things that only you can do. It's so simple, and it sounds like that. Because look, if you're a leader, you're running the company, you can do everything. Most likely, you could probably do almost everything as well as anybody else in the company, which is a problem. But that's but so think about the things that only you can do, and those are where you need to spend your time. Now, if it, assuming they align with sort of business growth or your goals, right? I, <laughs> it, but that's to me the most important because I see, you know, we only have a limited amount of time. You can you could try to double the amount of hours you work, but you probably will, you know, diminishing returns. So we only have a limited amount of time, and I, I want to figure out how much I can get done in 30 hours. Yes. And how much that impacts the growth of the company. And so when I think about that. I know there are a lot of things that we have to do to grow the company, but 
I'm going to spend my time. And then I'm going to help the others around me appreciate why what they're doing, how that aligns with the overall goals of the organization. Yes. Okay. No, no, that's, that's a great, um, that's great in terms of um, how you, you are, that's a great leadership tip. Um, and so do you want to share one more? Or, or well, yeah, about- you know, I do want to say one, I have this in my book in chapter one, okay. I talk that's about clearing, clearing away the clutter. And ah. one of the things that I uh, ask the reader to do is take the clear away the clutter pledge. And I'm going to read this pledge to you. Okay. I, I will focus relentless, relentlessly on a handful of strategic pro- uh, priorities. I will have the courage to say no to distractions. I will delegate everything except the things only I can do that move the organization forward. I won't add to my to-do list without taking something off of it. And I will block off 30 minutes a day for thinking big. That is the clear away the clutter pledge. You know, I, I almost took it until you until you said, um, you know, well, no, the taking the things, taking something off and you put something on. Um, I, I, I understand that, but that's something I'll probably have to work on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've stopped with I don't have a to do list anymore. I only have a calendar. And if it's not important enough to be on my calendar and then it's, yeah. you know, it gets pushed back. That's true, because you know sometimes to-do lists can you know use for for that one day can turn into the item getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to you know the end of the week from Monday to the end of the week or from one week to the other um, because apparently you have lessened the importance of needing to do that. So yeah. I, I can understand that um, philosophy. So read that one more time in case someone wants to to adhere to it and then tell us where we can get your book oh uh, the you want me to read the clear away the clutter pledge again i think people need that all right i will focus relentlessly on a handful of strategic priorities i will have the courage to say no to distractions i will delegate everything except the things only i can do that move the organization forward I won't add to my to-do list without taking something off of it, and I will block off 30 minutes a day for thinking big. No, so I, I think that was worth a second read because just knowing how I was when I was um, in, in leadership in city government and, you know, and now as an entrepreneur, you know, I, I feel like people needed to hear that and I wanted them to be able to hear it, write it down, and then go get your book. There you go. Well, thank you. Yeah, and my book's available on Amazon, Renegade Marketing, 12 Steps to Building Unbeatable B2B Brands. Um, and uh, yeah, in audio, paperback, soon to be hardcover, and ebook. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you, any way that you want to receive it, you know, I'm, exactly. I'm a big audio book person now. You know, I like listening to the books. Um, but so you have it in every format available, um, in every format that's available. So that's great. Yeah. And the, uh, audio book is, um, I actually did it. Uh, oh. and it was, uh, because I, I have a fairly decent podcast audience size and I thought mm-hmm. they would think it was weird that I didn't. Um, <laughs> but I got to tell you, 
I really appreciate professional <laughs> from people. And now, um, my wife said it was okay, um, which is, you know, that she's tough. Uh, yeah. So I guess I, I passed, but oh my gosh, that was hard. So how many pages is your book? 175. So it's okay. a six hour listen. It's, it's you know, it's a six hour listen. Uh, you put it at one and a quarter speed, you'll get through it in four hours. <laughs> Well, congratulations on um, your books and congratulations on um, being the voice of your book, because I can imagine, you know, that's a that was a new space for you, probably. And um, now, now you're you're pro. There you go. No, I have no doing it one time only makes you appreciate the other. Here's one other funny thing for any potential author out there. One great thing about reading your own book is that you will find typos and that in when you do it out loud, it's the only way to be sure that you got everything. Interesting. No, that's yeah. good to know. That's good yeah. to know. Because I plan to write a book. You know, good. I, it's, I have one in me, so I good. plan to write one. So that's some food, food for thought. Awesome. So Drew, Drew, tell me, how do you put more kindness into the world? <sighs> so I heard you ask this question on a couple of your other shows. And it's funny. I, uh, I think about my dad. He's 95. And... Uh, all the little things that he's done in his life. He always remembers people's names. You know, he's one of these guys who even at the checkout of the grocery store knows the, you know, the names and and always would be the guy who would take the shopping cart back from the thing, from the parking lot all the way to the front. And he would take others. And it's just, I have to say, and then I, uh, so I try to keep his little angel on my shoulder and think about him and, and what he would do. Um, probably the way I've uh, is I'm generally a nice person to people. Mm -hmm. I try pretty hard about that. Uh, but I, I would say if you send me an email or a LinkedIn message and you say, hey, Drew, I need some help, mm -hmm. I respond. And I've responded and helped a lot of people in their careers over the last, you know, 30 years. And, and that, that makes me feel good. And, you know, even in huddles, we have a, a group. If you're a CMO and you're out of work, we have a transition team that's free. Oh. And, you know, I wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's, it feels right. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I mean, that's putting more kindness into the world because... As you know, if when you are kind to others, they are like they are likely to be kind to other people as well. And so, you know, spreading of kindness is the best thing that we can do in this world now, especially now. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I know. Yeah. We just any way we can. I so appreciate you and that and that message and and you know, uh, none of us are, are are perfect, but we can try. Yeah. Definitely, we can try. We can yeah. try. So tell our audience um, how to um, connect with you if they are. Um, well, if how to connect with you. You told us sure. how, to, how to get your books, but if there's anything else you would want people to know with connecting with you. Sure, uh, I'm on pretty active on LinkedIn, Drew Neiser. You can find me there, or you go to Renegade.com, and and there's a lot of you. You can find Drew all over that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Drew's all over the place. Yeah, he's all over. 
Well, Drew, thank you so much for being here today. It was such a delight to have you. Um, I love your energy. I love your, your spirit and your brightness and everything. I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you for bringing that energy to my guests. You know, I, I read my audience. I really appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you and your show and the energy that you're putting into it and the message that you're sharing. So thank you for having me, Carolyn. You're welcome. You're welcome. So until next time, be better today than yesterday. Be better tomorrow than today. Bye for now.